Hello, and welcome to Sutro Sidewatch, episode 35. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me hosting is... I'm Brandon from Apollo City Comics. Dude, I really tried to think of a Timothy Dalton Bond voice, and you just can't. It's not as memorable as Sean Connery. Shocky so senses were got. I can't. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. It's like yeah, it turns right? into like Sean was, Connery. It just, uh, yeah, yeah it Timothy just, Dalton's Sean Connery 2.0. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, like, yeah. all right. It's like I'm well, doing hi. like a half Connery, you know? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, he didn't get away with as much. You yeah, know what I, mean? I would say so. But I'm going to say I, you know, just to like, you know, just not beat around the bush. This was not a bad little run for these two films that he had. Like his first one was a little awkward. And then this one just kind of was like, this was solid. Yeah. Like his performance and bondage and never mind. I know why I'm going to write this down before I, I'm going to go on a tangent. Okay. So we're talking some bond stuff today. We're back at it at the double O. Um, and, but the final one of Mr. Dalton. Yes. You would say he has lost his license to kill in this film license to kill which is his second and last entry as the agent 007 james bond do you know why he only did two films uh yeah there was a lot of issues with uh filming the third one and the amount of trouble was going on uh dalton was just like i'm just gonna have to bow out and then they got brosnan after that Wow, that's how soon Brosnan came in. That's wild. Actually, they uh, <laughs> Brosnan was. They were actually going to pick Brosnan before Dalton originally. Oh, yeah, yeah damn. Yeah, it's a it's a very. They actually. So, I don't know how early on they wanted Timothy Dalton. Like it could have been either during or around uh, Roger Moore's run, but because uh, it doesn't really cite exactly what date. But before yeah. Dalton was chosen. He was actually approached twice before that to play Bond. And both oh, times wow. he said no because he felt he was too young for the role and it wouldn't do Sean Connery justice. Damn, that's kind of like, he's like, I'm not a man yet, dude. That's why. Like, I need to, like, become a man before I become Bond. And they're just like, we understand. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the whole thing was, uh, so I got it here. Uh, Brosnan was selected to do it. Uh, after Roger Moore, and then the show he was on was called Remington Steel. Hell yeah, yeah my grandma used to. Uh, it. it ended up reactivating. Remington Steel is dope too, by the way. Like, okay. That's a cool show. You guys should watch it. But they they reactivated, and they would not release Brosnan from his contract, so he could not do Bond because of that. And then they went back yeah. to Timothy Dalton for a third time, and then he said, "Okay, I'll do it." I think that worked out great, though, because I mean, I think. GoldenEye is just such a good time in Pierce Brosnan's like life and like his appearance and everything. Like, I'm I'm glad that it wasn't any younger. I, I get I get the whole the Timothy Dalton reason. You got to like man up a little bit. And like Remington Steele was a good warm up into a Bond role, so he probably just got better and probably you know devoted himself more during Remington Steele like to have a goal to be Bond at that point. You know? Yeah. Um. So I'm sure that just was like nothing but positive, as weird as it looks that's that's interesting though um i would have loved to see more timothy dalton just like maybe a five film thing you know that would have been really interesting despite whatever like i but i'm cool that we only got two movies i could go either way i think like 
when I went back to it watching, because I remember I'm like, ah, Timothy Dalton, you know, he's always got those eyes, like those kind of villainy eyes. And because I'm mm-hmm. just thinking of fucking like, I think I said it in our um, last year's uh, of what was it? A view to ki- not a view to kill uh, the living daylights episode living where uh, we had probably a mention of the film Hot Fuzz. And he's like the main villain. He's like the grocery store owner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were on Hot Fuzz and I kept on saying, um, Doom Patrol. I really just recognized him from Doom Patrol. Yeah. That was the most oh yeah, because he's the professor. Yeah, and so good. Like he he's all these roles now, and it's funny that they're getting all the Bonds in DC at this point too. You have like, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name again? What is uh, the professor's name in Doom Patrol? I don't remember off the top of my head right <laughs> at this moment. I swear to God. Uh, but you know, sad. we have him as the um, professor, um, and then we have Brosnan me. now as Doctor Fate. And, you know, if we can get Daniel Craig in, that'd be cool. Because, I mean, obviously we can't get Sean Connery or Roger Moore, unfortunately, since they both passed. Uh, Dr. Niles Calder. It's stupid. I was just reading Doom Patrol last week. And I was like, I love these like single stories about Niles Calder. And then I, was, I couldn't remember his name. Did now. they just call him the chief? Is that what they call him? The chief. That's uh, what it yeah, is. They chief. call it. Yeah. Because I was just reading um, Batman Superman World's Finest and has the Doom Patrol in it. And they always mention oh, the that's chief. Right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. Which everyone should read that. It's uh, written by Mark Wade and the artist by Dan Mora. And Dan Mora, dude, I, he, he draws uh, Rita. Oh, I was thinking of a different one. Okay. I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But, I want to read that one because... That book has looked amazing, but that's one of those books where I'm just like, I'm cutting back. I'm going to buy the trade. Yeah. I will wait. Of all the but DC, but that's really one of the good. easily one of the highlights besides like Nightwing and stuff for sure. Mark nice. Wade back in DC is actually one of the best things now. I'm like, yeah, oh my God, oh yeah. this Mark, is... I mean, I'm, I'm a Mark Wade fan too. Yeah, there's yeah. anything he does, you know, is going to have some quality to it for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, for this movie... It came out in, what was it, 1989. So this movie mm-hmm. came out like two years before I did. Same year as Batman. 1989. Yeah. Well, Tim Burton, yeah. you know, <laughs> Tim, you know, we have License to Kill going on. And it's like, oh, we're dealing with like cartels. And uh, it, it's kind of the spectrum with that and Batman 89 are completely different. Because, you know, 89, we're expecting yeah. everyone to be very pale. And it's Tim Burton. So everyone's pale. Whereas, you know, like since Skill, everything's very tropical, everything much more tinned. It's, yeah. it's much different. So, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone wow. was saying something about Tim Burton doing a Godzilla movie. And I'm like, I don't want to see a pale ass Godzilla. And I don't like want Godzilla to take off the fucking suit. And it's just Johnny Depp inside the Godzilla suit. I don't want all these mal- things. malnutrition and like emo Godzilla. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yes. That would be horrible. But and back to Batman 89. We're just going to talk about comics this whole episode. This whole, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it came out in 1989. Um, this was the fifth and final film directed by John Glenn. And, mm-hmm. you know, he did the last three Roger Moore films. He did this. He did uh, The Living Daylights. And the cool thing about this was him and I believe I forget Broccoli's full name for it. Uh, let me double check. What, it really. what was the Roger Moore movie we saw already? I really don't even recall it. So Have we've seen, seen two of them so far. We've two seen uh, The Living Daylights, which has the Beatles intro. It's the voodoo one. It's also got. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That one was good. That one was good. All right. I remember that one. And then it's also uh, The Man with the Golden Gun, which has Christopher Lee. That's right. As okay, Roger Moore is dope. Yeah. Man, those were good ones, uh, We too. do have two more this year, of course. We have the yeah. Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. And mm-hmm. actually, 
none of those are the ones that John Glenn uh, directs. It's in, in fact, the final three, because he did, there were seven Roger Moore films and Dang. John Glenn did the last three. So those three will hit up next year. Uh, so we're not done with John Glenn's run just yet. Ironically, we're actually okay, going cool. out of order completely with him. But uh, yeah, it was um, For Your Eyes Only, uh, Octopussy, and A View to Kill. What the fuck did they get away with that name? I swear to God. No matter I, what context. This is my Octopussy. I, that's like the only line I remember from that fucking movie. And she has like, a, like... She has like a tattoo and shit. And I'm like... They're not even trying this time. <laughs> <laughs> They're just getting away with shit at that point. Uh, it's like, what's this movie on... called? Sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just boner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um. Anyways, okay, cool. I'm pretty hyped about that. Um. Wow, interesting. Mm, it's yeah. gets crazy because we're already knocking out bonds, you know. Yeah. But then we still have so much of so many other bonds. Exactly. There's like, bonds, bonds, oh. more bonds. Uh, uh, Sean Connery's almost done too, right? We are, well, because we're also, the fun part about this is when Connery and more we're sharing with Lazenby and uh, Dalton, and because we wrap up them, we're doubling down on these other two, so they're getting done even faster. Uh, I believe the ones, ironically enough, the ones we're going to be probably finishing off with will be Brosnan and Craig. Like, I think our very yeah. last film we'll probably cover is probably Spectre. Um, yeah. Until the next Bond film is created. Uh, but well, what's the last Connery that we have? Uh, what's it called? It's the very interesting one. It's uh, the '80s one, if I remember correctly. Oh, the one that he came back for. Yes. So we're done with the Connery. No, we still have. So we have. You know, we still have Thunderball this year. Okay. Uh, we have. You only live twice. Is our New Year's movie, and oh, then um, that after that, we'll have uh, Diamonds Are Forever, and then the one he came back for. Oh, fuck, we have a lot of Connery. Yeah, so basically we'll be done with Connery this coming February. Yeah. And then we should be done with more this coming June. So we'll f we finish two Bonds by the end of this episode. Interesting. Cool stuff. Yeah, so... Because, you know, Lazenby had his one appearance and this dude had two films, so... Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, cool. and the whole thing, too, is... Uh, I mean, you know, like, the Broccoli family has always been, like, a big proponent of the... They're, like, the big producers... Technically, bond. we knocked out three. Sorry, uh, three bonds because uh, Casino Royale. I don't acknowledge that one. Uh, <laughs> but Albert Broccoli, you know, currently is, I believe it's his daughter Barbara Broccoli is currently one of the main people in charge of finding the new bond mm -hmm. right now and doing yeah. all that stuff. There, she's like one of the main producers on the franchise itself. But uh, Albert Broccoli and uh, John Glenn, when they were making this, they wanted to go back to the roots of Bond. So kind of like, if you notice, because I believe you said like. License to Kill didn't have a book, right? Right. This so one, they were, this is just... For these two, I believe... But it, it's all based on Live or Let Die. Like, that's so the bizarre part. They, they bring back a lot of that stuff. They, they go into the things they don't use in the other movies that were from the other books. Like the whole thing you talk about being like... Uh, what was it? Felix like losing, getting the robot stuff, even though it doesn't show it in this. But like you, it's implied like with all the uh, dismemberment and whatnot that occurs within this film... Uh, it's interesting that they do it because this is also Timothy Dalton is their kind of territory ender where you're now leaving the books and they're going into all new original content and that original content expands with Pierce Brosnan and then they kind of start fresh again with Daniel Craig and with Daniel Craig they kind of go back to the books kind yeah. of 
uh, in a very interesting way where they're like, we are, but we aren't. It's like a reimagining almost. Uh, mm -hmm. So Dalton is a, it's, a it's very... the Batman origin, but like a totally different story. You know what I mean? Yeah, they did. It's, yeah, they it's really cool did. the way they do it. But I guess going into the film itself, I had full notes on it when I was uh, watching this. Movie. I actually got a good amount. But, you know, in the beginning, we have the most, I think, honestly, <laughs> the most insane wedding day I've ever seen on a screen. Like wild. Like, and I was trying to recall because it felt familiar, like it came from a book or something that I read. But what a fun, like insane way to start it. And then just the job, the duty's more important than even your wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like, oh, you're getting married today. Hey, that one cartel guy you're after? Yeah, he's here. Sharky, go tell my wife I'll be there soon. He's like, what, yeah. what, 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 what are you guys? You guys are just going to leave me here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, damn, poor Sharky. Sharky's got to go explain all this shit. And not <laughs> only that, they, that like... they, they don't even prioritize the wedding, but they yeah. go try to like stop these guys and the, like this car this cartel boss from getting away but they do a fucking plane chase almost to the point where like they yeah. capture his plane with a helicopter and it's just insane you're just watching the helicopter carry the plane it, away like yeah it's the wildest thing in the world dude like, and you're watching the other like agents like yeah <laughs> they did yes. it <laughs> and then I know it's just like that whole 80s like like I, I I haven't seen Top Gun before but you know at the very end of Top Gun where he was just like you want to be my wingman he's like or whatever I'll keep you I'll be your wingman any day I'll be a wingman every day yeah and then everyone's like cheering and everything for like no that would never happen in real life nobody cheers for people like for one-liners like that it's the most unrealistic thing in the world but that's this whole Bond movie was just ridiculous 80s like theme stuff like that. Like, yeah, just everyone just like, oh, my God, did you see that? Like everyone like watching in the sky as this happens. And it was just it was goofy. It was ridiculous. And then just parachuting down right <laughs> Look, above your the wedding. wedding. <gasps> yeah. well, they all run outside. And they're like, oh, my God. And it's like time to get married. And you could see like it's funny that they don't really emphasize who is who in the wedding group. Like, you just no. know who the bride is. She's the bride, obviously. And Sharky's there. And I love Sharky because they're like, yo, Sharky's been here the whole time. And you're like, who the fuck is Sharky? Sharky yes, <laughs> but you're exactly. like, I love Sharky. Uh, yes. Yeah. When they come down, you could see, I forget her name, but uh, Felix's bride, her her dad is there. And you could tell who her dad is just basically off of just like, I can't believe she's marrying this man. And you just yeah, know, like, that, oh, that's really good writing in that sense for not having to do like, uh, this is the father. You know what I mean? Like, dad. Or yeah. some bullshit you know it's... like you just you're right that's totally cool um, so fucking crazy um... what's stupid though again and it's our dilemma every single movie it's like a new felix so you're just like who the fuck is this guy and you're like oh this is felix for this film all right whatever we'll inset white man you know what's funny the only <laughs> the other... <laughs> They had to change Felix's race to keep him in the movie each time. But they're just like, Jeffrey Wright's Felix. And then he just stayed yeah. the same actor. And you're like, oh, the cure was Jeffrey Wright the whole time. That was what, that's what we needed. Which Jeffrey Wright is still my favorite Felix. Because he's oh, actually yeah. in well, he's consistent and he's more great. than one Bond film. Yeah, he's in three out of five of and Craig's he's movies. He's so dope. So you know good. I mean? I'm like, still sad he fucking died. That sucked. Spoilers, yeah. sorry if you haven't watched No Time to Die. Like, have you not watched it yet? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Go watch No Time to Die. Yeah. You have no time to watch. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, so it, it's funny, though, when, you know, you're watching this. This is still the end of the 80s era. This is still the 80s going on. And we 
go back to, like I said, our episode where we talk to uh, talk about Living Daylights because there's a lot of 80s references in there. We talk about just like from the feeling, the tone, everything about it, the music. And this one, I fucking crack up when they show the cartel yeah. lord. They go immediately to like Latin music for the bad guys. And I'm just like, yes, dude. fucking, yes. I forgot what year it was. Like, God. I know. It's so goofy. It's so goofy. It's, oh, man. I Yeah, it's funny. Um. I like just that... the introduction to them in general, just like all of his Mexican like friends and then like the wife and everything, like his girlfriend thing. Like it was just all the cheesiest 80s thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you look at the maybe like I guess most of the Bond villains or something or just any villains in movies for the most part. If it's a white villain, they just get like this eerie dark music. It's always like the evil music. Mm-hmm. And if it's like a the black guy, it's like fucking voodoo or some shit. And the Latin yeah. dude, it's just like Latin music. And I'm like, what? why all of a sudden do you change the ethnic background of the music when it's just, isn't the bad guy the bad guy? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, be consistent in some way. Please, Eon, like whatever the fuck production studio is, like the most inconsistent thing they've ever created in all fronts from like every aspect of bond jesus christ um but how were, how does bond survive so long that's what baffles me i don't it's the sex it's the sex it's the sex obviously i think it's the sex yeah because any other franchise would not have lasted like 80 fucking years that's why my the, the next bond movie will i already uh i already uh trademarked it it's called pp sex time uh, that is the next bond film's name straight up yeah honestly. that is what it's gonna yeah. be <laughs> It would, I mean, just a quick tangent, but it would be cool to see them, like, if they went back to the books and just, like, started cramming them, like, you know, properly into mm. one, an element, like what you're saying. I'd, I'd really dig that. Yeah. Because um, this one, also, I'm trying to think of which Bond book it was. I think it was Live and Let Die, too. But where it's, like, Bond unhinged, where it's not, he's not working for, you know, uh, the Secret Service at that time. He's just, like, on his own. Because he's suspended for a bit. Also, they he did helps that. Felix in that one. Yeah, because they have the Felix and his guy yeah. help him out, and then yeah, exactly. the, the the dude with Felix gets fucking funeraled, parade funeral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, well, no, I'm thinking the book. Like, I feel oh, like the okay. book, that's how it happened. Too. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where um, that came from. Then that's oh, you said it. Yeah, they pulled from Live and Let Die for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Well, and they really pulled uh, from Live and Let Die with Felix too, because Felix gets his arm and leg ripped off by in a that book in the book yeah and that's like early in the bond in fact wait let me see like how early that book was because the rest was of it the also books for his wedding that, he has or is it not his wedding no it's not his wedding okay um, they're there and they do chase down mr big in this one like that's what they ended up or in living i forgot died. that was his name was mr. oh big. living that dies a second fucking book dude felix like has a metal arm and leg for the rest of the goddamn series like that's so funny that the first more film is the second bond book that the, the order of how they approach that is so interesting all of it moonraker being number three i heard thunderball our next one um is like way off like there's not a ocean fight scene in this one apparently oh that's so, that's like the best part of the fucking movie i know <laughs> i love that i remember being a it's kid a watching that thunderball so which that's our next bond film anyway but like that oh my we'll get to it we'll get to it next, that yeah. episode Ridiculous. uh next thing i got i've only gotten through two things on my full fucking like notes i got um uh, so afterwards you know we get the the you know the bond intro music video whatever you want to call it but mm-hmm. like i love it because the media the music is 80s mixed with bond like the bond theme 
Like it's the Bond yeah, themed eighties. Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. want to say eightyized? I guess is that the word for it? Like, Aided. yeah, eightyed Bond eightyed, and uh, it's crazy that the most iconic decade has the least Bond filmography. Still, like I, I just want to emphasize that that it's it's funny that I think any franchise that was still trying to go through things, uh, mm-hmm. even like Godzilla, Godzilla and Bond kind of share the same thing because uh, Godzilla only had two movies too in the eighties. Um, it kind of like stopped for 10 years uh, from like 75 and came back in 85. And then 89 was the second movie and that was it. Uh, whereas like the 90s all of a sudden, boom, like six movies uh, came out. Yeah, for like pretty much back to back every year. And same thing with Hero's Bond where it, all these big franchise, anything that was a franchise, the 80s just came in and all these franchises that had been existing attempted to adapt to that decade's genre style that was going on but they were kind of i want to say honestly more or less they were probably just buried by just the iconic 80s movies we were getting at this time because you're basically going like oh we have uh the living daylights we have license to kill and like let's say yeah godzilla 1985 godzilla versus violente and at the same time you're dealing with predator you're dealing with terminator you're dealing with fucking commando you're dealing with rocky and robocop (laughs) and alien like all these different like movies are starting up all these new franchises are pumping out you have the fucking red scare still happening for some stupid reason and everyone's like wolverines red dawn and all this shit and god knows what else fucking weird shit they were into at that time but all of these things were spawning through it so like you're kind of watching these movies that have been so established for so long floundering it feels like to like stay Mm -hmm. relevant at that time and then once everything died down and everyone started wearing tie-dye in the 90s, they were like, and we're drinking Capri Sun, they're like, we're back, better than ever. Watch what we do now. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, that, it was that kind of thing. Uh, it's wild because like the a, uh, the year gap between almost any Bond franchise and or like that's happened so far is always between one to like two, maybe three years, maybe. Um, but like after this film, this was 1989, we didn't get another bond film till 1995 yeah until and even it, it, even when they rebooted with brosman it was like a four-year gap it was still smaller it was like 2000 they had to wait for the n64 to be successful yeah straight up yeah, that's honestly. what that's what happened yeah. but no i think I, I i i love what i thought about in my head about it and i'm like you see with the cold war you had the cold war testosterone you had the fucking like everyone's mm-hmm. just fucking beefing out being like yeah. super just roided up being like oh my god it's the fucking cold war and once yeah. like 1990 hit and the cold war ended everyone's just kind of like oh fuck now what oh i guess I put on this tie-dye shirt and there's no point in these movies <laughs> anymore i'm just gonna kind of chill out now <laughs> that's what happened but then what was it uh what happens in golden night oh it's all just like missiles and shit like yeah it's not yeah, even like satellites technology it's, it's technology even, that kicks in and um, also the russians the aren't even like the it's like not the soviet union they're like the russians aren't the bad these are like the what, what would you call it like the separatist russian guys yeah. that are going on they're like cossacks and you're like oh right cossacks fuck them i forgot about yeah, those right, guys yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for us it's more education than it was like like a global impact um um so this movie does a lot because it has this movie has someone that I did not remember was in this movie. And when I saw who was in this movie, it, it blew my mind who was in here. We have in this movie a very young, fresh, 
Benicio del Toro oh, as yeah. kind of like uh, the the drug lord. I gotta look up the drug lord's name again because this is, this is killing me. But he's like his right hand. And mm-hmm. okay, so the the drug lord's name is Sanchez, uh, but Benicio del Toro plays Dario. That was his name, and he's like this dude who I, I like it because they emphasize him. The, what this movie does really cool is you know certain Bond films do show like that second in command guy or that henchman that is like formidable some of them are just like the older ones are more of um they have a gimmick it's like odd job fucking throws a hat and he's like indestructible and you're just kind of like okay this dude's cool because he's just like this force of guy but he doesn't really do anything he doesn't talk he just kind of goes like and it's like okay cool and then you have fucking jaws which we're going to get to in the next uh, roger moore stuff both movies and he literally is just a fucking massive guy with metal teeth and he just bites shit and breaks shit with his teeth and it's kind of scary but also silent guy doesn't really do much in terms of dialogue or anything else he just kind of goes where he goes the they throw the stick he fetches more or less yeah dario is someone who is thinking for himself he has scenes without the main antagonist and mm-hmm. he's going around and being clever and he's like hey Dude, the bar scene is funny yeah. it's hilarious but it's like, awesome it's dope he's great in it it's so cool the way they, they utilize him and he he's like there and then he's gone and he comes back later and but he's such a threat because bond realizes oh fuck he knows my face mm-hmm. and dario recognizes him and like it fucks up every it fucks up the whole operation though yeah. and to the point where dario's death is actually very satisfying because of how much yeah. he's already been built up it's not like some random guy that just kind of gets got so i really thought and they did like a good job a good looking like villainous like suave like character out of all of them too like he almost like looks like he belongs in fight club uh, yeah. like in this movie like because <laughs> he, he, he's like that young pretty boy type guy and mm-hmm. it's funny too because i think the other film ironically enough that does a good job with it's like just whole cast of villains in that film is live and let die because you have all those different characters besides Mr. Big. Like, you have the fucking voodoo guy that's on the train yeah. at the end and everything else. Like, each guy's got his own purpose and stuff. Uh, and I really like the way they did it in this one, though. Like, now, now watching it again, I'm like, yeah, Timothy Dalton's movies are very underappreciated. And his, like, this movie itself is very underappreciated, I feel like. I'm like, this is, honestly, I like it more than the more movies now. And... I'd say probably half of the Brosnan movies at the very least. Well, I mean, it, it's just like different flavors of Bond. Though, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this, the Connery could be summed up in the very, uh, like, 60s classic spy Bond. And then the Dalton one is literally like, a like he goes into space and shit like that. You know, like a very Silver Age uh, um, spawn, uh, Bond <laughs> at that point. And then you have the unhinged 80s bond who's all like kind of rebellious and tough but kind of like in love and everything too you know yeah like he has a soft spot and um and then the 90s you just get like the gadget technology filled uh bond and then um with the uh, craig stuff it's just like the, the bond the man you know what i mean like the man who's hurt who's just like kind of suffering my heart so it's yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so it's just it's that different era like whatever you're kind of looking for and it's interesting seeing the flavors actually because of this goddamn podcast i just bought the new bond number one um by philip kennedy johnson i haven't Um, read any of the comics tommy lee edwards is doing the art and just those two names together i was like i'll do it all right sweet all right you know they're making a game that's standalone right the the hitman the guys that make hitman are making it yeah, I'm fucking I'd buy that right away. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, I'm, 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 it's, I, I like seeing how they change up Bond a lot. And it looks like the Philip Kennedy Johnson one is going to be back into like that spy oriented. Cause I like the gadgety spy. Oh yeah. I like, I like the broken man for sure. It's my favorite. Cause it's always my favorite. You know what I mean? But like the, the gadgety spy bond is what we kind of know and love bond for. And that's what you want more of, which oddly enough, by not even being part of the, you know, um, mi6 uh we get still gadgety bond in this movie for a bit oh no for sure because q comes to the rescue but uh yeah uh we'll get uh, let me see what was what i have now i have so much stuff about this dude oh yeah r.i.p sharky like sharky gets fucked over dude <laughs> he, how does he die again i totally I so forgot bond sharky bond literally is like you know he, he escapes mi6 he's like i'm yeah. on my own now i'm rogue and he literally just gets sharky and goes, come on, we're going shark hunting. And we're just like, he's just taking this civilian guy who's just like Felix's friend that's not part of the agency to go with him and fight these fucking cartels. And I'm like, yeah, oh, no, Sharky. That. And Sharky saves him actually in the first interaction. Like he he accidentally opens that trap door and saves Bond's that's life. That's what I remember. Yeah. That was a whole fucking hilarious thing. He, like even tossing the guy with all imagine like getting slowly eaten alive like that in a drawer that you can't escape. And then the electric eels. And electric eels. Oh man, that's epic. That was fucking yeah. funny. You know they actually in Shark Week recently they did a jackass episode, Wee Man. You know Wee Man? Oh, yeah, yeah, he he goes into a tank with an electric eel and gets sharked. It's pretty funny. Oh, um, but it, it doesn't kill you like it did in uh, License to Kill. That was the kind of you know, exaggerated. A little, uh, exa- yeah, exaggerated. Nobody there. did the research on that one. They're just like, Electric didn't they say they were like, we're breeding, like trying to mutate them or some shit? Was that the, what they were saying? Maybe. That might have been it. Been and it. then you're just like, no, you're just feeding them cocaine. But yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bond sneaks on a aboard. lot of drugs. Yeah. It's so Bond sneaks aboard that ship, which has, you know, like Sanchez's uh, trophy girl in there and everything else. But uh, when he gets on the ship and sneaks aboard, they're like, hey, we found this other ship out here. Guess who we found? And they, they, they bring in Sharky's corpse. And oh, on it is all these right. shark corpses with Sharky with the sharks. And the it's like, sharky. hey, who knew we could find a shark like, shark like this? And uh, yeah. yeah. That was so sad they, as fuck, actually. I to, think I just blocked that moment out of my memory. It was so sad. It was pretty fucked up to the, to the point Bond finds the guys that killed him. And he gets a harpoon and goes, Sharky mm-hmm. sends his regards and literally just fucking harpoons a guy, which... Honestly, this is probably the most brutal Bond movie. Like you see, was... he's just hate fueled in this one. So all of his deaths yeah. he's doing because it's fueled out of hate. It's not for the mission. He's just like, I'm doing this because you need to die because I want to kill you. Yeah, that's the thing. Bond unhinged. That's the whole like moral of this like character setting. You know what I mean? Like it. it that's that's why it's so much fun. Like seeing how far he'll go to like do something i mean he wouldn't normally throw a guy into a fucking like maggot thing just die like that like that's brutal that is so brutal electric eels are still brutal whether if they would have killed you or not like it's to the point too where at a certain point in the film i realized i'm like dude he hasn't done any one-liners at all like any fucking puns and then when i say that he finally says one but it's like it's well into the movie before it actually occurs because like the first half until he's getting like d d uh de by all the women he's around like he's just like i'm gonna fucking kill you to like everybody i'm, I'm sorry i said that i'm gonna fucking kill you to everyone yeah. you know that's there we go but uh one thing you pointed out before with brosnan was you know they get into technology a lot during his era mm. but in this you know we're getting into it just now which is funny because we see a computer in this he sneaks into the uh felix's room and you have the yes. mini cd this back then when they didn't <laughs> the have the ridiculous full ridiculous thing ever 
I love that they have the CD drives that are the regular size, but the discs back then are still small. Like they haven't actually, mm-hmm. they thought ahead to develop like the bigger discs, but or they, the, they have the, uh, the cases for the bigger one, but right now it's just small shit. So that was, mm-hmm. that was really funny. Um, but yeah, we get Q to the rescue. He comes in as like, oh, I'm his uncle and shit. And uh, he brings, he just is like, I'm on vacation. I told MI6 yeah. I'm on vacation. And he just comes to help Bond. And I think this is great because, you know, it was halfway through Brosnan's uh, Bond uh, filmography that Q leaves. And we get, mm-hmm. get introduced to P, which is played by, I forget what's his face from... Uh, um, isn't it monty python or i think so yeah but he's all the only it's funny because i recognize him from rat race he's the guy like in charge of the whole like bet in rat race um that plays p in like the i want to say the last two i think he's in world is not enough yeah and then he's like that is the dude uh john cleese john John cleese holy shit people will probably kill me for not knowing him i know me too i felt so sorry people like i I know especially if it's monty python person i'm probably like a bastard for that but yeah same here yeah this is like his big kind of heyday really like he's in the film not just like in the beginning for the for that little part but he keeps reoccurring which is nice he's even like the bond chauffeur for a couple moments too when he's doing the shit because bond unhinged bond isn't tied to mi6 all he has is q and uh what's the pilot's pam like pam is there mm, the whole time yeah. and i kind of want to save pam the bond dope. girls yeah i, I want to save that i guess like after my notes talk to bond girls because i'm like these are really fun bond girls and i don't want to say anything just yet because there's so much to well, actually you know what that was actually my next note next note never mind pam is the first bond girl that'll really beat your ass that's what i put down because yeah. hell yeah when he that's meets why i respected her, her so much she she was like terminator-esque you know style shotgun under the table she was straight up sarah like you do feel that sarah connor vibe with her not Mm -hmm. terminator one sarah connor i'm talking terminator two sarah connor yeah um and yeah everything from shotgun under the table she's holding her own in the fights where she's like Mm -hmm. i didn't need your help like she's doing all this shit and uh she's also a pilot so not only that but she isn't ever a damsel i don't think like the entire time in fact she's rescues bond out of all things yeah. in this movie. And she does her own parts of the mission on multiple occasions where she does, she's just on her own getting shit done. And there's some parts I'm going to get to soon that I fucking had me laughing so hard. But Pam, honestly, eventually when we're finished with all this, we did say like we were going to rank the movies and the songs and girls. And I, mm-hmm. it's probably really bad to say, but yeah, we got to, we got to rank the bond girl. We just have to do it. It needs to be done. Yeah. Just add a natural. Come on. Like, yeah. We'll rank we, the bonds as well. Like you're ranking even yeah, the villains. It's just, we'll throw it's in. just, we're ranking like seven bonds versus like, or six, six or seven bonds versus like fucking 40. It's an episode, you know, it's an episode. Yeah. I, Another person in this movie that I was also not expecting was actually Carrie Hiroki. I really hope I don't butcher his name. Carrie Hiroki Togawa. And you guys would know him from a few different things. He's in Mortal Kombat, I believe, is Shang Tsung, if I remember correctly. Um, That's his name, right? Shang Tsung, I think. I don't, I'm not a big Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Shing Sung. He's like the guy with the long hair that's like, you know, he's, it's that meme where it shows him like holding, uh, what's his face's head, like pointing him at everything. 
and it's like the Asian guy with the long hair. It's it's a whole meme, but that's him. He's Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat movie. Just just bear with me. It's fine. Uh, he's like very big in that, but also he was in Man of the High Castle. He's like the Japanese ambassador who actually can go into that other world uh, and actually bring tapes back if he wants to. And he's mm. also in Lost in Space for not that much of it, but like in a good season of it. Um, and I really love that actor and everything I've seen him in at least. So when I saw him in this, I got really excited and then he died and I was like, fuck. <laughs> he just like eats a side, he just chews it on a cyanide pill. And I'm like, well, all right, yep. it was fun. <laughs> We're Hong Kong police idiot. You've destroyed our whole operation. <laughs> That was man. Actually, that was unexpected because uh, when you watch that scene where you know Bond is like, "Oh, I might, do, I'm gonna fuck shit up," and he accidentally like kind of fucks up the whole operation that the Hong Kong police are doing, and they're being helped out by the British. Yep. Um They have ninjas. Some of the Hong yeah. Kong police are just ninjas. Yeah. So that was unexpected to say. Uh, and it's funny, it's not funny, but it's interesting watching that whole area because that whole thing is kind of Bond's cause and effect of like, because Bond has gone off the reservation and he's going on his own, you don't know what he'll, like, what he's going to affect by doing all this stuff. And we see it happen. There was legitimately guys like in another nation trying to stop these guys and Bond more or less kind of fucks it up. Because uh, once they find out that they're there to kill him, they're pretty much, they, they get fucked over and they all get got, like all of them die. Mm -hmm. uh, Which and... is unfortunate because it's like one of those things, like I like how they did that because like if he was with MI6 uh, working with them, he would have known about this, you know? Yeah. But going in like Intel this, like he's fucking everything up, just purely out of revenge. And that ties good with the theme of this whole like episode or movie. And then uh, a guy's head explodes. That was interesting. Yeah, there was certain deaths in this one where you're just like, dude, like, we are in another level of Bond that we've just never crossed before. And it would be interesting to even see him go back. Because even when, like, um, home size, uh Daniel Craig was, like, not with uh, MI6, like, he wasn't this unhinged and extreme. But you could tell this was action movie Bond yeah, 100%. Like, this was, like, their approach for this one to keep audiences interested. And what's cool is he, at least on the interesting side, like he uses his off the reservation as his own advantage. Like he goes and infiltrates Sanchez's organization and goes like, yeah, I work for MI6. I no longer work with them. I'm a free agent. And because he more or less kind of stops those ninjas and stuff, he convinces, he unhinges Sanchez, making him feel very paranoid. He kind of works in within him. Actually, similar to that of the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, where he has John Travolta, John Travolta's character also get unhinged and think everyone's working against him, making him That's starting true. to kill That's his right. own people, which causes the head explosion because it's like that captain of the ship who's a guy that's not necessarily working for him, but he's like working with him, funding him a lot of the stuff. And he gets thrown yeah. into the that like um, the room in the ship where they change the pressure. And because when they... Yeah cause a break in the pressure that's what causes his head to explode which is incredibly brutal but really fucking interesting at the same time yeah but yeah yeah everything no planning weird... the money there being like yeah he stole from you and he also hit ordered the hit on you and then like you know sanchez is like uh thanks for helping me you know i found the guy and bond just goes only one guy and the the fucking look on sanchez's face is like uh, fuck <laughs> 
Yeah, I love that. I love how like Bond straight up like gets in close with him too, and like actually like you know what what I was expecting with like Goldfinger, the way he was close to Goldfinger as like a resource and like intel and like almost like a conspirator. Yeah, that's what he was with this guy in this film. Yeah, yeah, and then um, the what was her name? The other like Sanchez's woman, uh, Lupe. Like she's mm. pretty much like getting wooed by james inadvertently like she's just like yeah. i love you and it's like bro you just, just the fucking you could kind of tell her you cards once <laughs> you could tell her desperation where she's like i need to get away from this guy you know i slept with one dude and that guy literally just got like pretty brutally murdered in the very beginning of the movie and uh you can tell like she's trying to get an out and she see james she sees james as an out and they hit a very interesting trope that you would never think would be in a Bond film. Excellent. They do sort of do it in Man with the Golden Gun, where Bond is working with that one British agent, and they're about to sleep together. And then um, Christopher Lee's woman walks in, and yeah. they start banging. And the other woman has to watch, and she's just like, what the fuck? And I Bond's know. just like, it's for the mission. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in this one, it, it feels a lot more. Um, they really do a better job of building up to it more. Like you mm-hmm. feel Pam and Bond's relationship flourish, and just kind of they're really working together. They're really sinking together. And then you have this woman coming in, and Bond's like, "It's for the mission," but also, you know, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're they have them go into it, and you know, Pam finds out and she's just like, what the fuck? And they do the whole thing of like Bond has to choose one or the other. And you know, who he makes his choice and everything. It's like, Oh, do you want the cool popular girl that just likes you just now? Or do you want the girl that liked you the whole time? And it's like that classic trope of just any fucking high school type movies movie where the dude is like the popular girl likes him or he's trying to get the popular girl, but the nerdy girl likes him. And at the end he takes the nerdy girl instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a fucking Bond movie. But it's also two very attractive women that are very Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just never thought you'd see that in a Bond film, you know? It's so weird, but it worked ironically well enough because it made it feel more lighthearted in a very dark film. And it's one of those things where, you know, the whole Bond thing is he's very, you know, his misogynist. He, he goes through and kind of makes his way through waves of women and like he's like all right mission's over bye babe and it's over and every now and again every now and again there's one where you're just like why can't she be in the next movie and stuff like you're just kind of actually Mm -hmm. annoyed that he moves on from that woman and like pam is easily one of those ones uh out of all of them and obviously you know a couple of the others you're like oh cool she's cool and like bond is like i love her and then she's dead and you're like oh that's why (laughs) but well it's interesting because like they even bring up at the wedding scene in the very beginning like um something about finding a girl for james or something like that and then like uh felix is just like he was married once you know and just like she's like oh and she's all sad about it like yeah uh yeah and i forgot so i was wrong i thought the scene i was looking for there's a scene that has him kind of go back to honor majesty's secret service uh and it, I thought it was in this because of that reference. I was completely wrong. It's in one of the Roger Moore ones. Um, we're oh, going to wow. see it in, I want to say for your eyes only. I could be wrong, but I think it's one of those. It's one of the John Glenn 
uh, one of the, those ones too, because he mentions it in this mm. one, but I, he actually does something with it in the other one. Uh, oh, wow. I'm pretty okay. sure it's for your eyes only, but when you see it, you, like you're just going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> then you'll be like, okay, now that's, I want to say it's overkill because, but you'll, you'll know when you see it. It's, it's a very interesting time. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the, the whole thing where Bond's like stuck that, you know, he goes through and everything gets found out him and Dario on the fucking line where, uh, mm -hmm. Dario gets thrown in first and he's like getting shredded and shit. And you think Bond's going to have a pun and what happens you know, Pam gets there and she's like, are you all right? And he just goes, switch the bloody machine off. Like, he's just like, I don't want to die. <laughs> Turn the shit off. And there's no puns, no one-liners and stuff. And it's so fucking... Until right after he looks and he goes, looks like he met a dead end. That's all he says. That's like That's the one right. pun That's at, right. at one I point. Remember That's that one it. Now. It was one of those like dead puns too, where you're just like, there's not really meant for a lot of room for laughter here. But yeah, this is just... But Benicio del Toro exits very, uh, I don't want to say gracefully, but very bloodily, uh, very shredded. Mm -hmm. He gets shredded. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Pam, Pam gets a very interesting, uh, I guess, job after. Do you remember the whole thing? They have a front, how they sell their drugs. They have the guy that does oh, yeah. like, a, oh, call in now and yeah. donate to us. So that shit was the funniest thing where she tries to seduce that guy. And then she's like, oh, I have a gun. Fuck you. I'm going to take this and bounce. And all he just, he doesn't even feel angry about it. He's not, he doesn't feel betrayed that this woman tried to sleep with him. That is acting like a college student. And yeah. all he just says is, bless your heart. As if he's yeah. still on the fucking show. And I'm laughing as she leaves. And you're like, oh, is that it? And when they're driving away, uh, like, they're trying to get away in these cars and Pam and Bond get away in another car and they drive by him and he sees them leave him behind and you just see him in the background go, bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funniest shit. Dude, I, I never really seen that actor in very many things, but the only thing I really remember him from, which we'll probably do on the show as like a bonus fun episode or just for like a random thing, but Andrew Dice Clay's The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Have you ever heard of that movie? I have not. It has Gilbert Gottfried in it. It has Andrew Dice Clay. It has a actually a pretty well-rounded cast. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty, and it's it's uh, that dude plays like the villain in that um, movie. So it's just like when I saw that, I had just had a conversation about Ford Fairlane like a day or two before, and it was just weird. Like, why is he here in this Bond movie? And I just seen him in a goofy role in oh this ridiculous. It's about a rock and roll detective um, in the '80s. Okay. So it's just weird his reign at that point. Um, actors when you see them pop up in different stuff that you just don't know who they are kind of that cool. is interesting but dude the truck chase that is honestly one of the craziest truck chases i've ever seen in a film yeah like you have yeah, bond maneuvering understand. all that style and getting through it all and by the end you have him finally get to uh sanchez and you know he's fueled by vengeance so he uses that fuel to light sanchez on fire and blow him up yes. with the truck that yes. was dude that was fucking crazy brutal yeah incredibly insane, brutal dude. i mean and you figure like he had so much motivation from the start like because of felix because of felix's wife like they was already like a guy he was wanted it wasn't like some new dude like they knew about him and they kept on like escaping them and just like the amount of hate that went into like killing this motherfucker like 
insane. And, and I think it'd be a cool thing to explore more with Bond in that sense. You don't see it too often. Um, unless there's comics or anything that I haven't read because I haven't read too many of the comics. But, uh, man, this was a very great little segue story to get away from the regular Bond. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the misogynistic blonde from the, like, just over-the-top everything Bond. Like, this was still over-the-top, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, this had, like, some anger and different type of fuel. Like it wasn't a madman just trying to destroy the world or take over the world. You know what I mean? Or control shit. Like this was just like a drug Lord. Like, yeah, that just fuck shit up real bad. You know, um, kind of when you get like a, like a Batman story that goes back to the, like the nitty gritty, like street level type of crime, you know, that that's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. And even then like cartel man just had all the interesting henchmen. You had Daria, you had, his little accountant guy who seems mm-hmm. very, very into his job. You have like his head of security type dude who he also just like kills out of paranoia. You have the ship like captain and all yeah. that stuff. Like each guy has their own role and each guy just kind of gets killed except for Dario. Each guy just kind of gets like killed off by their own boss, which mm-hmm. is pretty boss, you know, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, the elements in this one were right. It's the only drawback, of course, is that it's very 80s, like hardcore 80s through and through. Oh, yeah. I mean? Even the, um, the credits song was hella 80s. It's, it's such stupid. a so fucking incredibly 80s. Uh, but dude, the last thing in it that I had written down was uh, when he gets back, you know, he talks to Felix and Felix is just like, yeah, you got him, Vaughn. And I'm just like, dude, you are so fucking cheery for a guy who just lost his wife. Dude, yes. I know that was very off brand. Like at that point, after you see this whole vengeful like mission, and then he's just like, Well, the bad guy's taken away. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Like, you did dude, it, James. Like, you saved the city. You're <laughs> half a man now. Like <laughs> dude's missing body parts, his wife's fucking dead. Like, God, I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. He a man, that guy probably regrets like chasing after him on his wedding day. Imagine, yeah, it's feeling. like, dude, don't do that on your wedding. Like, what? <laughs> just go yeah, yeah, right. Just let him go. Dude, if you let him go, like, then you have tomorrow. a better chance of not having him be making it man, personal. I guess you know. That's what it's all about. Like, dude, like, don't let work control your life. I guess or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's a it's a big, it's a metaphor for uh, yeah work uh, work life balance. Uh, <laughs> You never know this when you let the work are needed. That's yeah, you, what that means. you can't let the work get over the balance or else your wife's going to die and you're going to lose your limbs. Obviously, guys, don't you know really? this? Like it's it's if you want to learn one one. If I know somebody that was just like, man, I'm going to arrange the wedding because of this work thing. I'm like, dude, have you seen? <laughs> you know, I, was, I took my, you know, I kept, oh, you know, prioritizing my job and I just I spent so much time working at Facebook until you know, I came home with my wife. She was dead. And this man just cut off my limbs. And I was like, fuck. That's the sharks, dude. <laughs> you know, the sharks. <laughs> I just love it. That's like a, oh. it's, it just refers to now the tech life instead. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, my God. Crunch time, baby. In interesting wave of Bond. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to finally see it. I would go back to it. Yeah. I would go back to the Timothy Dalton ones both easily. Of these ones. Yeah, yeah. I would faster than some of the other ones we've seen. I think what I would honestly down. do after this, um, like after we get through all of them, uh, not necessarily when the next when the next movie comes out. You know, certain times, you know, when a new movie comes out in a franchise, you want to kind of rewatch all of them again. Yeah. Which there's two I'm like never 
and that's Marvel movies because I'm never going to, I don't want to do, oh yeah, start all the way and build your way up by the end of it. You're like, yeah. I don't want to see this anymore. But yeah. that and like yeah. Bond, but for like the next Bond movie, I'm kind of going to do like a greatest hits of just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I start from Connery and build all the way up. And I feel like probably once it hits Dalton, I'll probably just watch all of the 80s through present day. I probably yeah, won't skip any. And uh, it'll that. just be like maybe two or three of the like Connery and Roger Moore combined. I'll be like, yeah, I'll just a few of these. But otherwise, I'm just going to watch the modern ones because I guess you could say because the ones that really last long are these British properties. And it's kind of the same thing with Doctor Who, where some just kind of age. Yeah. And the more recent ones, because they're in our generation, just fuel everyone and they're like i can rewatch these all the time i can yeah. keep coming back to these i i personally well, I don't go, I I, i'm watch, not a doctor who guy but i could rewatch david Tennant's and um home slices uh spacing his name right you'd now. even watch probably um, the, would you watch also the guy before david Tennant too right that had like yeah, one yeah. season Dude, yeah i've seen like that first season or the revamped first season of doctor who like six times I swear yeah, so, i've so, seen yeah see so you get what i'm saying there and, and i've just, seen all of that it's interesting God, how i started do doctor that. who show after we do this and we'll cover Doctor Who, MASH, and Columbo, and we'll just shuffle what we're watching. Like, we'll watch, like, two MASHes, and then a Columbo, and then a Doctor Who, and then, like... Well, guys, you've listened to the final episode of Sutra Sidewatch, as I sever all ties with Brandon here. <laughs> That's the <laughs> but, show I want. That's the show uh, I need now. Please stop. That's going to be me in my, like, God. 40s. Just... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Welcome to the new episode of the Doctor Who Mash fucking Columbo bow. And the, we'll do the prisoner there, just shuffled in. Oh my god. Yeah. There Have you, you seen the prisoner? No. Have you I'm heard a, of the prisoner? Is that the one with, um, is that the one with, um, Heat Wave and. I am not a number. I'm a free man. Oh, I'm thinking of Prison Break. Ah, that's Prison Break. <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking of that movie. I'm, I'm talking about the show from the 70s. Oh, so. uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know um, what the fuck you're talking about. Um, but I was going to say, that. there was going to be a third Timothy Dalton movie. And, you know, it was referred to as Bond 17 because, yeah, they were on the 17th film. Isn't that crazy back then? It was like Bond 17. Here oh. we are at like Bond 25. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently, so this is uh, uh, what I got here. I'm just going to read it from it just because it's easier. So it was there was a Bond 17 written by uh, Michael G. Wilson and Alphonse uh, Regario, Regero. And it would be centered around a series of disasters involving out-of-control devices wreaking havoc on everything from a Scottish chemical plant to a Chinese atomic facility. Bond would inv be investigating these goings on alongside Bond woman slash ex-CIA agent Connie Webb, and things would eventually give way to a wild twist straight out of a Michael Crichton novel. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Uh, what was it uh again they talk about like uh they, they were gonna do like an i'm too old for this approach at a certain point uh with everything from bond doing everything from uh insulting a bomb disposal robot to participating in a rodeo as a cover force investigation into a stolen stealth fighter connie webb uh this is in a second draft when they were doing it uh and connie webb would still be in it there'd be plenty of quips and whatnot and uh, apparently, like, it sounds very Roger Moore-esque, especially, like, knowing, like, you know, that fucking redneck guy that's always in the Roger Moore ones. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, I'm a local town sheriff here, partner. I thought that was Felix the first time, too. Which no, I was that really was not. About. Like, Dude, what they'd they be like, what do they do to Felix? His parents were siblings. Oh, no. 
<laughs> Why is that guy just in random countries and shit too? Like, what but um, what was it? So, uh, I have it here. I want that action figure. I want that guy in <laughs> action figure. Also, apparently, uh, the main villain would have been uh a urbane but demented Sir Henry Lee Ching. I have no idea who that is. So here's what happened. Sadly, when complex legal wrangles and a standoff between Eon and the main studio delayed production for a long period of time, this third Dalton film became the Bond movie that never was. After waiting patiently in the spring of 1994, Dalton announced with a heavy heart that he had made a very difficult decision and was leaving the role. And then we got GoldenEye instead years later with Pierce oh, yeah, Brosnan. That all worked out. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Well, we talked about it in the GoldenEye, like how in depth, like, Brosman wanted this to be different and better and elevated and shit like yeah and his four films are very voice. like they feel very standalone compared like it, I feel like I've only seen three I didn't see the Halle Berry one oh that was the first that was the only that was the first one I saw in theaters dude I remember being a little kid and my friend's mom taking me and him to go see it and I was just like oh boy and then you see Halle Berry in the beginning and I'm like I feel like I saw the two before that in theaters because mm. I'd been watching Bond my entire life too. That was like a just a thing I'd always. When, when did see. Die Another? I actually have to see when I. How old was I when Die Another Day came out? Or maybe was... like I saw that like for sure when it hit VHS. VHS. Two thousand two. Yes, okay, I might have seen that in theater for Die Another Day. I was in middle school, so yeah, dude, that was that was interesting because that was straight up. You know, you're in puberty and all this stuff, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh boy, a bomb movie in theaters, and you have Halle Berry, and you're like. Oh my God! What's happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that hit me way before. That was like third grade. I discovered that stuff. Um, that's a different. That's an off-air story, dude. It was um, funny. They kept stars. they kept showing her off in that movie. Like they just yeah. were just like any chance. Well, like when Halle Berry didn't she just do Monster Ball or was about to do Monster? Ball? I don't know. You're just anytime she was in trouble, she'd be like, "Oh, I better take off my clothes." And you're just like, "What's happening right now? Are we still watching James Bond?" This is awesome. I gotta, I gotta watch school. it. Yeah, I, I was like, it. when I went so into I... the Bond movie, when I went into Dining the Other Day as a middle school, I was like, oh boy, let's watch the Bond movie. And I came out, I'm like, oh man, I just watch the Bond movie. What happened to my voice? That's hilarious. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. what. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> and so the next, the next movie we're doing is mm-hmm. going to be a totally different. We're actually super behind. Yeah. No. Oh like yeah. Movie yeah. Film, that's like the next in... Bond movie we're doing. Yeah. 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 Like uh, on our schedule. Um, we're actually we meant to be caught up by July, and we, we kind of fell it's off August. again. And now it's in August, so we're, we're still, still missing. We're still missing May. What was June? Well, so we have we have half of February, we have May, and we have June and July and August now. So, well, I guess part of June. So we've done yeah. a part of June and part of February. Um, May, we have uh, Sergio Leone and Akira Kurosawa with our cowboy samurai and we're going to yeah. be doing yojimbo followed by a fistful of dollars and then uh any ch- like whenever uh we're ready for thunderball we'll do thunderball whenever it's ready mm-hmm. to go and then uh we'll continue with that uh and then whenever we get a chance to do spy who loved me and moonraker we'll yeah. do that otherwise yeah we have um these two Cowboy Samurai films, followed by our Steven Spielberg July month, I believe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And yep. we have uh, his Jaws. first film uh, and Jaws and also our special, uh, I guess, like bonus episode for Amblin, yeah. which the studio yeah. name came in for. Uh, so we got plenty of that. And if anything, too, we did have uh, you wanted to do two other bonus episodes. So if we need to, we could throw those in as well. If we were looking to just kind of 
get something quickly out of the way mm-hmm. on certain weeks where it's like getting a little, getting a little hectic, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, and I'm going to see, I don't want to promise anything, but I'm going to try to get, uh, if you guys listened to four episodes last year, we covered uh, Terminator, Aliens, uh, Death Proof, and Planet Terror. We had our friend Roman on, uh, who's also mm-hmm. an up to it, down to it. And if we can, we're going to try to get him for these two movies as well. Um for Yojimbo and Fistful of Dollars, because he's actually the one that introduced me to Yojimbo and oh, Akira nice. Kurosawa. Yes. So um, I'll see if we can get him. No promises, but we'll see what we can do. But yeah, next episode, episode 35, will be Yojimbo. Yes, yeah. super hyped. And also, I forgot to say, and if you haven't already noticed, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are now, uh, Sutra Sidewatch has joined the uh, YouTube front as well, and that is also on the Sutra Side Talk YouTube channel. Uh, in time... Not right now, but in time, I'm going to retroactively. Uh, I still have video footage of previous episodes uh, that I'll also be putting up on the YouTube channel. And then uh, anything that we already have video for. And then eventually way off, uh, we'll try to do uh, just like for this and all the other non-YouTube shows we've done. Uh, we'll try to do like still image, throw the mm-hmm. episode on as well. But that's way off. But uh, yeah, eventually you're going to see more of the older Sadwatch episodes on here. But all new episodes going forward will be on YouTube for you to see or listen to. If you still want to on all podcast platforms, it'll still be there. But yeah, we have a license to YouTube now. So there, nice. there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, Brandon, where can people find you? Uh, check out Apostasy Comics on all podcast platforms and especially on YouTube now. We are very prevalent, prevalent, prevalent. And uh uh, we're actually doing drinking draws, which we don't really drink. I'm drinking like a protein shake or just, you know, Danny's having a soda. Um, but drinking draws live every Thursday, um, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, every single Thursday, we spin a wheel and discover what we're going to draw a few hours before. And we just hit that up. I don't know how to draw. You see me learn how to like, learn how to draw while we're doing it. So it's kind of a cool time. But come in, say hi. And uh, we'll be doing a lot of uh, Sandman stuff and all sorts of cool things coming up on Apollo. So keep an eye out for that. What's and Sam- what Sandman stuff are you doing? I don't even know yet. Okay. <laughs> I just know that those are the next like three I w- You know, I was actually going to not watch Sandman. Uh, I was going to wait until I Why read the, the books, but I'm going to make an exception. Sandman? I'm just going to watch it without reading anything and just uh, read everything. Do it. After. No, you should do it and then join our episode and tell us your thoughts about someone who hasn't read it because I... I don't know if everyone knows this, but I'm like, you know, a huge Sandman fan. I, just I was actually going to ask if you wanted to be tattoos. on our episode when we eventually talk about Sandman. We'll fucking alternate <laughs> we'll all just that, cro- We'll like, cross it. We'll just do yes. both. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll be doing some of that stuff and then back to some first issue things. We've been shuffling things around. Brent and I have a lot of projects and we have a lot of cool things to announce soon. So keep an eye out. Awesome. And uh, you can, of course, if you're already on this channel, uh, whether it's YouTube or any podcast platform, uh, you could subscribe to uh, Sutra Side Talk. And uh, if it's a, what is it, Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review. That'll help us out. Spotify, rate us, and uh, YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe, you guys. And, uh, you know, follow us on now TikTok. We're very, finally very active on TikTok. Check us out there, as well as Instagram and Twitter at Sutra Side Talk. And you can follow me at GoGoComzilla on Twitter. Uh, Sutra Side Talk, we just came out. Uh, episode 161 is our episode on Miss Marvel. I have a rant in it because there's a character with my name so that was very fun to talk about but uh it's a very miss marvel field episode in fact that's the only thing we really even talk about uh and then next week we're going to talk about snope and some other maybe bolt train as well and some other stuff um brandon should really go see bolt train dude it's fucking i've heard about it 
Um, but you know how I am with watching things. Yeah. In, in due time, uh, when season three of Harley Quinn ends, uh, we're going to have a Cut of Steel episode yes. with all three seasons plus the tie-in comic Eat, Pray. Is it Eat, Bang, Kill Tour, I think it's called? I think so. Uh, like we'll talk about all that. And then, uh, like I said, once all the TikTok stuff is caught up, uh, I'm going to be uh, full steam ahead working on the where whatever happened to the DCU uh three parts one to three part special that's gonna be fucking it's insane wilder gonna have so much stuff. by the week <laughs> they're making that harder huh <laughs> they're making that episode harder and harder by the week oh i know it's gonna oh, it's gonna be because dude I, I keep finding more details and i'm just like oh my god this is gonna be crazy disgusting but yeah Ezra Miller. this right, has been yeah. a sutra sidewatch and we'll catch you guys hopefully next week we'll see catch y'all later later